Hi, hey, welcome back to Theologies. I'm Ross. I'm here with Jake Elsey, who's a H60, F14, and F18 pilot here to assist me with, wait for it, bombology. That's right. All, all types of ordnance drop really high up in the sky. Thanks for coming in, Jake. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah. So we were talking before this actually thing start before we actually started the podcast. We we're talking about all the different types of ordnance that uh, I called in, and it's funny because Jake was actually launching them from his aircraft. How high up were you flying? Oh, usually about fifteen thousand feet, uh, depending on the daytime or the nighttime, what the threat was. But that was about the altitudes that we were going at. Okay, altitudes that you were actually dropping them at mm-hmm. around there, somewhere yeah, around there, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get, we can't and then get strafing it. too. So we we did we did some strafing and some some high speed passes too. Right, right. That's uh, I actually interviewed a couple of guys, uh, an F sixteen pilots' kids who died in Iraq, um, strafing for Delta, and they actually. Uh, couldn't pull up in time mm-hmm. uh, so that's a pretty dangerous work from what I could tell from t- from talking with them so uh, what kind of ordinance are we, are we talking about and what's the difference in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan well I think uh, when we st- the, the first time I went into combat was in 2001 flying the f-14 Tomcat uh, we kicked off um, Operation Enduring Freedom in Afghanistan in 2001 so the, f- right. the first night of strikes I was flying the Tomcat we were flying laser guided bombs Usually a thousand pounds, sometimes fifteen thousand, uh, five thousand pound. I'm sorry, five hundred pound. Yeah, yeah. Guided bomb, laser guided bombs. We got it by us or our wingman. Okay, I got you. And and in the Tomcat, that's that you've got. That's a dual person, two person crew. Two person crew. Okay. That's right. And were you the pilot or were you the? I was the pilot, which means I I dropped the bomb and the guy in the back was going to be the one lasing the target and use operating the sensor. Oh. But then when you get to the single seat Hornet and Super Hornet, you're doing it all. So right, you're, right. You're, you're finding the target, lasing the the target, and dropping the bomb and guiding the bomb. Okay, so so your pilot's lasing. I had under the impression the guys on the ground also had a laser and that that bomb could lock on and then he could guide it from there. It's either way, depending on the type of support that you're getting. So if uh, if if the uh, if you can't see the target but you've got a, a proper a pr- approximate coordinates, you can drop on the target and then the guys on the ground can laze or it's self-lazing from the air. It just right. depended on the, the level of uh, air support that, that was being asked for or if it was just a strike. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So when we, uh, my first strike was on Tora Bora before we knew what Tora Bora was. Oh my gosh. It was the night that we thought we had uh, Osama bin Laden cornered in the caves. I remember. And yeah. And so it was B1s, B52s. Uh, F-15 Strike Eagles, and then it was us coming in with our <laughs> with our single bombs. Oh my gosh! But we were laying waste to that area. Tora Bora. Yeah, you were making. Yeah, you were making it just a, right. just a big pancake. That's right. Uh, do you remember what province that was? Just out of curiosity, because I was in Tora Bora. Man, that was twenty years ago. I went I, it was nineteen. Ten, ten years for me. Uh, 2001? I was in... Oh, sorry, oh, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, Six. Actually, sorry. That was... Uh, no, 14 years for me. I was in... It's 2021 20, right now. I got out in 11. I was in in 2006. Okay. So 15 we, years. We kicked off... We kicked off the opening night of strikes in 2001. Oh, right. So for, for me, when we're, where that was back then, yeah. I don't remember. But the last time I, I was doing strikes in Afghanistan was 2010. Uh, but we were all over the place once we were doing that. But I can't yeah. remember where Tora Bora is. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, obviously it's in the I'm northeast, northeast, yeah. northeast side. Yeah, I was in the Nuristan province. Okay, okay, yeah. 
I so, spent a lot of time over Nuristan as uh, as a Super Hornet uh, in 2009 and 10. A lot of bad guys over there. A lot of bad guys. There's uh, J-Bed, uh, Jalalabed taking off from there, Bagram. Uh, I don't know where these things are housed. I don't think we can even say it on here. But, you know, there's a lot of places that kind of facilitate these, we call in the Army, fast movers, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So what is the difference when, with respect to Afghanistan and the terrain, you know, in Iraq, when you're dealing with urban and flat ground open, what is the difference with these bombs, uh, the kinds that you're dropping, perhaps, and then the and then the damage that they might do, you know? Well, it uh, you know generally you're going to use unless you're trying to blow up a big building and you don't care what's in it uh, or just blow up the building, you're going to use a thousand pound bomb. The standard loadout is going to be a thousand, a combination of thousand and one and a thousand pound or five hundred pounds, depending on your aircraft, right? So right. in our aircraft, it was generally five hundred pounders, right? Um, and and it also depends on the phase of the war. So let's talk about uh, a strike that I had in 2010. Okay, when I was a commanding officer flying Super Hornets. We found an IED emplacer, and from the aircraft, uh, you can uh, talk to the guys on the ground. So I was talking to some Marine uh, JTACs, right? And they were looking at my picture because I could send broadcast what I was looking at, and they to could them. see it. They could right. see it, and they determined what they wanted me to drop, how they wanted me to drop it, and uh, and I was dropping a JDAM, so I was GPS guided. Sure. And so that's a launch and leave. The bo- the bomb is going to guide itself. Yeah. Uh, but they also wanted to delay fuse so that it would hit the ground, go somewhat underground, yeah, and yeah. then explode, which would uh, which would shrink the collateral damage estimate sh- circle right. from something that that uh, impacts the ground and explodes, yeah. which has a much bigger blast radius. Sure. And so we were just targeting uh, an IED, impla- improvised explosive device, right. emplacer in the middle of the road as I could watch him digging out with a shovel yeah. a hole to plant plant an IED. Right. Why and else would you be digging at night, you know? That's right. Well, they, they go to sleep at night over there. They're not out partying. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, very in true. Afghanistan or Iraq, uh, which is why folks who go in at night to do their operations come out okay because everybody's asleep. Yeah, exactly. They, they We had so many instances where we come across guys, you know, we'd be set up on a road off the road, and they'd be walking down the street with shovels. Yeah. They'd have shovels. It's mm-hmm. like... With fresh dirt on it. It's mm-hmm. like, dude, take to me. Where, where were you just at? Because there's a bomb on that road now, you know? It, That's it, right. it, it's absolutely crazy. Yep. The optics, and I, will, I won't talk about the optics, but the the uh, what you can see from 15,000 feet, mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, you, you can see almost like to the detail, you know, like what, skin color. Uh, depending on if it's night or day, uh, what they're wearing, Correct. you know, that, that's got to help you out tremendously. Correct. The AT FLIR, the Advanced Tactical Forward-Looking Infrared, which is what we carried, and this was, again, 10 years ago. Uh, sure. So they have other pods now and improvements to those pods. Right. But in the daytime, you could see color. You'd have TV mode or infrared mode, and at night it was, of course, always infrared. And you could change the contrast from white hot to black hot. Oh, yeah. So it would reverse the polarity on sure. what you're looking. And one of them usually worked better than the other. Right, right. But you could focus in remarkably well. So as I said, I could see – um, I could see very well that he was carrying a shovel. You can sometimes tell if they're carrying an RPG. Sometimes it's difficult to tell if they're carrying a weapon or just a stick. Yeah, yeah. But when they're digging, there's no question about what's going on. Yeah, There's yeah. no reason to dig in the middle of the road. But it took us about 45 minutes to get to the point where the JTAC felt comfortable enough saying, okay, yeah. this is hostile intent. 
and and it and we discovered and now so the interesting the the best part of that story is uh, my wingman was off at the tanker getting refueled. Yeah. Uh, while I delivered my 500 pound J dam, right. he came back. There were actually two two uh, two enemy targets. One of whom started running down the road. Uh, he he strafed that target at night. And 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 scored a hit, and it was, and I've got footage of that, and it's declassified, and it's been scrubbed. Yeah. But it's some of the best. It's some of the best flying I've ever seen in my life, and uh, and and I've been pushing for that guy to get a, a distinguished flying cross for a long time. I've That's been unsuccessful so far, but yeah. But I will never stop trying to get him a DFC. He That's knows who he is. If he listens to this, um, Kenny, you're you're my guy. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so. Uh, what what do they when you when they strafe them? Is that uh is that a Vulcan cannon that they're using? What uh, forty mic mic? What is uh? In a, in an F eighteen, it's a twenty millimeter. Twenty millimeter. The only one that had thirty millimeter is what the A ten carries. Oh okay, and I those gotcha. are depleted uranium. We have 20 millimeter, but they are explosive bullets. So when they hit the ground, they do explode. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, so we've got footage of him rolling in at night on night vision goggles in a dive, delivering unguided ordnance yeah. and scoring a hit while not hitting the adjacent buildings on a street. It was a remarkable piece of airmanship. And it may sound very cold as we talk about this. For those who haven't been in combat and haven't uh, had to do any of this stuff, I'd, I'd just like to put out to you that these two – uh, targets were uh, uh, they were planting explosive devices to blow up Marines who were patrolling that area. Yeah. So they were a clear and present danger t- threat to the men who were patrolling that area of Afghanistan. And right. We didn't have any choice, so it's not not as if we don't recognize the gravity of what we're doing. But for sure. people that are listening to your program, who as you and I are combat veterans and we talk about these things, it's very, it's... We can talk about it more freely, but people listening might not understand that we take it seriously. Couldn't possibly comprehend what we're talking about. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and it's just something that, you know, this guy, was, this guy knew how to deliver an explosive device that he could operate either manually or remotely and take out Americans. And so those are threats that are far worse than somebody carrying a weapon around. Absolutely. I'm with you. Yeah, because yeah. it's, a, it's a far mass casually producing weapon. Correct. You're a rotary wing guy too, right? Is that correct? Yeah, I started out in helicopters in the Navy. Uh, and then I wasn't good enough at that, so they <laughs> sent me to jets. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sure that's exactly how it went. <laughs> the We were in a mission. We were leaving, coming back, in an OH-58 Kiowa mm-hmm. clipped a tree mm-hmm. or a rock or something and crashed in the middle of a valley, and we had to go out there. That 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 uh, pod on the top cracked, mm-hmm. and if I remember correctly, that pod, if it cracks, there's a bunch of radiation that is uh, expelled, I guess. And the word was that pilot would never be able to fly again. How true is that? Do you know what pod I'm talking about? Yeah, I've flown the Kiowa. Okay, uh, oh, okay. I, I did. I did a few. Spent some time at Bell. Yeah, um, flying the Kiowas. I'm not familiar with what that pod has in it okay uh so that's the first time i've ever heard of um 
Unless it's got iridium to, to iridium. Light. Okay. Iridium was in it. That or iridium was the was the word they were using. Okay. Well, yeah. it's not good for you. I don't <laughs> know how bad it is for you. Yeah. But, uh, that's that's interesting. I've never heard of a story like that. Well, I pulled these guys out, and uh, the, the birds on fire. We go up, pull them out, and for some reason in my mind, I thought that this was a three man crew, mm-hmm. and so I was in there looking for the third man, and these guys, and they're obviously struck like in shock, you know. Right. And I'm like, where's the, where's number three? They're like, it's just us two. I'm like, okay, well, it's just y'all two. So we got them out of there, and uh, we waited all night when they brought in, and they just cut that bird all to pieces and slung loaded out of there. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was an amazing feat. But uh, either way, I've always wondered about that, though. You know, that there's a lot of uh, things that could, there's a lot of pieces on that bird that, if exposed, might, you know, could endanger you. You know, could make you in the future. You know, grow a horn out of your head, you know, and that's yeah. what we thought, at least. You All know. of those aircraft, including the F-16, which if you lose hydraulic power, it has hydrazine to help you continue to operate the uh, the flight control so that you can either ditch it or land it or whatever. That stuff. There's a lot of toxic yeah, <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in, a in crash is never good, but, but the residual effects on that's it. Right. Yeah. yeah. One more question. Uh, Hellfire missile, what do you know about it, uh, and, how is it and how it's employed? Uh, we, we carry the Hellfire. Uh, it's generally laser-guided. There are other ways to guide it. Uh, I don't know what the newest technology is. Sure. But you, it was also IR-guided, which, which was not a good seeker. But laser-guided is how we generally employed it. Um, my guess is that there are other options with that, air, that, with that warhead now yeah. with GPS capabilities. Sure. And, and, other, and, I, and I'm suppo- I, I have, no, have no knowledge of what the, the actual capabilities are. Sure. Uh, well, they were using. It's a great. It's a great weapon, especially if you want uh, for for a smaller warhead aircraft uh, munition that you don't want high collateral damage. That's what we were told. It was coming into prominence in 2008. They were using right. them like crazy, mm-hmm. and we were using them on uh, like vehicles, right. um, sometimes in houses uh, through the windows. They're great for moving targets. Great for one room takeouts, or exactly. to take out a couple of rooms of a building without leveling the whole thing. Exactly. And th- th- nobody really anticipated that we would need them as much as we did, so they stopped the producing them years before OEF and OIF kicked off. Oh, I didn't know that. So there were limited numbers of Hellfires. Who available. manufactured those? Uh, was it like Raytheon? Raytheon was. Yeah, it? I think so. Was it Raytheon? My sister works at Raytheon. I think so. I'll ask her. Uh, Man, I really appreciate you, appreciate you coming on today. This is this has been great. I, I love talking bombs. I love talking ordnance, and it's always awesome to be in the presence of a pilot that's flown as many missions and does many done as many things as you has, Jake. My pleasure. Thanks for having yeah. me. Hey guys, tune in next time. Remember our cash app and our Venmo is in our uh, notes. So please give what you can. Don't give it all. Don't give us your mortgage payment, and uh, we'll see y'all next time. Bye.